Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. I think up there it has the U version that we uh, use the U version app a lot of times for, for our Bible readings. And version is also something that I am on, friends with 150 plus people, probably more than that now. Uh, we do readings together as a church. Sorry, you have to be my friend to uh, be on the reading schedule with the church. It's the only way I get friends. So I, I take it where I can get it. And, but, but seriously, the version, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people. And occasionally what they do, uh, well, people will send me a request to do some, a reading with them. They can send a friend request and say, hey, do this reading with me. And someone did that this past week, and, and sometimes I don't always accept them. It's my way of being a diva, a Bible diva a little bit, just saying no occasionally. But, uh, but really, sometimes I don't have time to do it, but other times I do. And yesterday was a day that someone invited me to a three-day Bible reading And it blew me away that it was one that the first reading for the first day that that it hit me like no other Bible reading plan has. And one of the reasons why is because it started with a quote from St. Augustine uh, and a church father from a thousand years ago. And and the quote I think is up there. And that is this was the quote that started the, the Bible reading. And that is. You, Lord, are good and all-powerful, loving each one as though the only one in your care. I'm going to read that again because I think it's important that you begin to grasp the concept of this. You, Lord, are good and all-powerful, loving each one as though the only one in your care. Now, for those who read that and say, I still don't understand what that means, I'll put it in Dan Salofer language for you. I would have a t-shirt that says, God loves everyone. And then on the back, it would say, but I'm his favorite. <laughs> that, that is the way that, that, that Augustine is saying that the Lord, the God, our God, makes each and every one of us feel. It's the way he wants you to feel. That, that you say, you know what? God loves everyone. God blesses everyone. But my goodness, I, I, just, I believe that I am the most blessed person in the world. And, and I want you to, to think about, maybe you have some relationships like that in, in your life. My grandma was like that. My grandma had all of us believing that we were her favorite grandchild and then would say, but don't tell, don't tell any of the other grandkids, okay? And then at her funeral, one of the grandkids got a, a big bouquet that said, from grandma's favorite. And all of us were going around for the entire funeral. My grandma died at 95, so it was a, a joyous celebration of life. And the question was, who did this? Who is the one that thought? And then everyone said, well, it must have come from me because I'm her favorite. And, and that comes, having a relationship like that, maybe you've had it with a grandparent. Maybe 
I, I, I guess I try to do that as a parent, that as I love each one of my children, that I, I want each of them to have a special relationship with me, so much so that they would think that they're my favorite. Maybe it's a teacher, a teacher that takes time and attention with all of the students in the room, and, and when they have the opportunity for some one-on-one -on -one interaction, it is done with love and it is done with tenderness in such a way that says, I care about you deeply. That is the type of relationship that God wants to have with you. And, and I will tell you, and we're going to see in the lesson today, of all that he's done to assure you, whether you realize it right now or not, all that he's already done to make you feel that way. Here's a little bit of a problem, though. And that is that sometimes when people feel like they're the favorite, and someone makes them feel like they're the only one in the room, which is a good thing, there can be a, a shadow to that. And the shadow to that is that, that I live like I'm the favorite. That I live like I'm the only one that, that God cares about to the exclusion of others. And so what happens is all I care about is my relationship with, with God that is so great that I forget about all the other people that are around me. Where God's goal, God's goal for his love to you that way is that you would love others that way. And what that means is that as individuals come to you, if you're wondering how do you do that, that when someone comes to you and, and they, they are talking to you, that you give them the time and attention, that, that you are an active listener, that, that you truly engage and you care about what they're talking about. And I'll be the first to admit that there are times on Sunday morning, it's all week, that I don't do that. And I know you tell me it in nice ways. Because when I'm not making you feel that way, you know what you say to me? Oh, I know you're busy, pastor. And in that way, what, I'm really, what's, what you're telling me is you're not giving me that time and attention right now, and you're telling me you'd probably rather be talking to someone else or doing something else. And I'm sorry. But as we look at this, remember that God's goal as he loves us that way is that we love others that way and I hope how you see how this ties to the theme for the day. Start getting involved. And as we talk about start getting involved, it's gonna, it might sound like we're asking you to get involved in service, that we're asking you to get involved in work that needs to be done. And I'm telling you, no. That, 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 that might, that's part of it, I guess. But I'm asking you to start getting involved with people. That, that as we look at the win from this message, if this message does its job, that first of all, you will be reinvigorated as I was, as, as I did this first Bible reading from, this, uh, from the YouVersion app that I was on, that, that I was renewed in my relationship with my God, of really believing and feeling as if I was the only one as he shows me grace. But also that you take that and you show that same grace and love to others, through Christian service, to meeting their needs, showing them time and attention, and giving from what God has given you. 
I direct you now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where we will begin this journey. Now about gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. And, and a, even as we, we look at the beginning of this, where it says now about the gifts of the Spirit, actually the word gifts isn't even in the, the text, the Greek text. It, it, he's really saying about things related to the Holy Spirit, what I've noticed is there's a lot of ignorance and there's a, a lot of disinformation about how the Holy Spirit works in general and about how the Holy Spirit works in, inside of you. And when we think about God, we, we think of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father we can relate to on some level because we all have a Father, whether it's a good or bad, but, but God is the creator, God who made the world, that we can relate to that on some level we have Jesus, who was, came as a human being as one of us, so we completely relate to him as a human being, true God, true man, though he was. But then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, what do you give me, a dove? You give me the sound of a rushing wind? You, you, you give me a, a, a tongue of fire? And it's like, okay. I mean, and, and even that, the way the Holy Spirit works, it, they describe it as it's kind of like the wind blowing. It's hard to understand. It's hard to get your arms around. It's, it's hard to understand. And that's why it's so important for us. And, and what he was telling the Corinthians is, if you are going to, to know more about the Holy Spirit, you need to, to continue to read and you need to watch and to begin to understand how the Holy Spirit operates and I'm going to give you some positive information right now. So in the blank, you can write, misunderstanding about the gifts of the Spirit come from ignorance and sometimes even lies about God's character and who God is and what God needs and how we serve him. And I guess on, as we look at this, the two, there's two ditches, one on each side of the road. On the one hand, as we talk about how the Holy Spirit works, one extreme would be to say, I don't need to do anything. I just believe and I don't have to, to live a Christian life at all. It doesn't make any difference. That's a lie. And on the other hand, the other side, the ditch would be, I have to do it all. I have to do these works so that God loves me and I can be accepted by God. And that's a lie. And somewhere in the middle, as we navigate this, is the truth about the Spirit. And like I said, we're going to continue right now. Our next portion we are going to read is 2 Peter 1, verse 3. His divine power, God's divine power has given us, has given you everything we need for a godly life. I'm going to read that one more time because it's important. His divine power has given you everything you need for a godly life. So if you think in some ways that something is missing, that you can't be what God wants you to be and what the Holy Spirit calls you to do, that's a lie you believe. That would be an example of one of those lies, is that I don't have the, these gifts, I don't have the talent, I don't have what I need to serve God. That is a lie from Satan to keep you from serving. He's giving everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Fill in the blank right away. 
A spiritual gift is God enabling you to do what he has called you to do by his spirit. A spiritual gift is God enabling you to do what he has called you to do by his spirit. Okay, what does that mean? My son Caleb is in his second year at the seminary. And in his second year at the seminary, he's getting to the point where he is writing sermons. And so when you're writing sermons, I didn't have a dad who was a pastor, so I couldn't call him and say, Dad, I just got done. I don't want to get kicked out of the the seminary for heresy, so why don't you read this over to make sure it's okay? And so he sent it to me, and and we started talking about about the text. And And he said, Dad, I just didn't realize how hard this is because, you know, it, it, it's one thing reading the Bible and, and sometimes hearing sermons, but when you actually have to be the one who writes them and then wonder, does anyone actually want to hear this? That, that it's, it's totally different. And then I asked him probably the most important thing, question and, and what I asked him to do every time he wrote a sermon. And that is I asked him, Caleb, have you prayed for the Holy Spirit to, to guide you on this journey through understanding this text and sharing it? And he said, no, no, I didn't. And that is the difference between gifts and abilities and spiritual gifts. What we're talking about is being a pastor here. I, I, you can, I'm a talented person. I have a college degree. I, I have a master's degree but I have no business being a spokesman for God on this stage without God's Holy Spirit working in me and through me to share this message. That if that, and and just so you know, just, and you have no business serving God either. I don't care if it's someone over at Crosswalk Kids who right now is in the toddler room. The prayer is this, is that the spiritual gifts that are necessary is God equipping me to do what he has called me to do. So this isn't about you being gifted. This is about God being gracious. And that is the, the center of this. And we're gonna look at this. Even the word that is used to, to describe the word gifts is the word grace. God has given you grace. And the grace allows you to serve. We continue. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except through the Holy Spirit. And he's just continuing that idea where not only does it affect your ability to do things for God and to serve him, you need the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Spirit to recognize God as God. In the blank, you can write, the first gift of the Spirit is faith. Something that God tells us to do is to believe in him. And even that belief, taking God at his word, trusting him as our savior, is something that we cannot do without the grace that he gives us first, where he calls us, where he gathers us, where he brings us to him, so we can say Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God. In the other blanks, you can write, the Father has made me, the Son has rescued me, and the Holy Spirit sets me apart, sets me apart for a special purpose. I want to go back there, and 
God loves you as though, God loves you as though you are the only one. And in these words, which we can just gloss over, yeah, God made me, God saved me through Jesus, God has set me apart. There is a uniqueness to this. First of all, that God has made you. My favorite words for God making us is from Psalm 139. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You knit me together. And the picture there is of God. My mom used to crochet and it, she used to sit down and, and she would just sit on the couch, especially this time of year when it was cold. She would just crochet away. And it, the question would always be, mom, what are you doing? What are you making? Oh, I'm making a blanket for so-and-so. I'm making this always with a specific purpose, always a unique blanket that my mom made. That's what you are. When we say the father has made you, he has knit you together to be the person you are. And I hope as you see yourself that it makes you realize the way he has made you, that you're his favorite. That when he got done with you, he said, this is awesome. I can't wait to see how this works in my church. The next is with Jesus, that Jesus as he saves us, recognizing that if no other person existed, if no other person existed in the world but you, the same payment would have had to been made on the cross. And so as we look at Jesus, we remember the specific sins I've committed, which are different from the ones you have. And so as I think about those sins, the, the, the weaknesses I have, the mistakes that I've made that Jesus has forgiven, it's as though... I'm his favorite, that he comes with each one of them and covers them with his blood and makes the payment. And then the Holy Spirit sets me apart. He sets me apart. Once again, I tell this illustration all the time of my mom's china. It was up in a hutch with a glass, glass face to it. It was set apart for a special purpose. And if we ever got home and all those dishes and the fine china were out on the table, what was the question? Who's coming over? Because it's out for a special purpose. And when God gets you out, when God takes the unique way he made you, when God takes the, the faith that you have in Jesus Christ and the, the, the understanding you have of forgiveness and your witness, when, when you are on the scene, the question should be, when every one of us, God's up to something. God's up to something. He's got his, his favorite working and, and something exciting is going to be happening. God at work. Uh, God is at work here. We continue. There are different kinds of gifts. There's different kinds of grace. That we have the grace that is the forgiveness of sins, but we also have the grace of the way that God has made you to do the gifts, to do the, the work that you need to do. There are different kinds of gifts. There are different kinds of grace, but the same spirit distributes them. So we're different, but our God is the same. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Again, we have the same God. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Can turn the page. What we call this at Crosswalk and the way that we try to explore this, this different kinds, how, how God has made us different, but it's the same Lord who serves, is, is we use the word shape. 
And, and we're going to fill those in right now. Let's fill them in first, and then I'll, I'll discuss them a little bit. So as you think about what your shape is, first of all, your spiritual gifts. That as I think about this, how is the Holy Spirit at work in me giving me grace right in front of me, maybe even right now? Next is my heart. Next is my ability. Next is my personality. And finally, my experience. I think this is another reason why we look at God and we we say God loves me best because each one of us can look at this and each one of us has a little different shape. Each of us definitely has the, the different, as you look at different experiences, different personality. But let's start at the top. As you are looking to say, how am I going to take the grace that God has given me and, and share it with others? How am I going to love others as though they are the only person that God, God is loving them through me? That first of all, I, I need to know the spiritual gifts. I need to know already how God is at work in me. And maybe as you look at that, the, right now, for instance, I'm doing it as a pastor. That, that's part of the spiritual gifts I've already been given. Perhaps you are already involved in, in service. And in that way, what, what really needs to happen is you need to invite the Holy Spirit in, that you need to take these gifts in and say, Lord, I need to start this service with you. I need to call upon you and your power. But the next one, H, is very important, and that is where is your heart? What is something that you are passionate about? <laughs> I get to run into a lot of people in, in, in church, and, and what I find is that, that if you find someone who has the gifts to do something they are not passionate about, it's a train wreck. It really is. That a lot of times the heart and what you're passionate about might be the most important part. Because when you're passionate about it, you are not afraid to put in the extra hours. You keep doing it and you'll keep going and going and going and you will not take no for an answer. So search your heart a little bit and say, what is it that is most important to you? The next one is ability. And ability definitely is a part of this. And uh, that as we look at this, for instance, it might be for me that I'm not, my, my shape is not going to be playing a guitar, playing an instrument, that I don't have the desire to do it. And, I, I do, and definitely now I don't have the ability either. Next is your personality. And probably the, the first way that I would divide it is this. Are you a people person? Or do you like being behind the scenes? And, and I look at this for me, I, I would die if I was not with people regularly. And, and I just love it. I love talking with people. I love being with people. And I have one of my sons who loves Excel spreadsheets. Nothing gives him more joy than seeing the columns lining up. And, and when he works with people, they are, they are unknown equations that he really doesn't care about. And what really surprises me is, is that if someone made me do Excel spreadsheets, that would be a punishment. That'd be like, you're, you're being bad, Dan. Go into Excel for a half an hour. <laughs> and, and again, others are, I can see the looks on your faces. Oh my goodness, don't talk about Excel that way. Uh, but again, your personality, know what, you, you, what, what makes you tick. 
And finally, your experience that maybe you felt like your life has been leading up to something and that is where experience plays in. How does my past, how can I look back and see how God has brought me here? I'm just gonna tell you a quick story. The first time someone said something to me about being a pastor when I was in sixth grade and I thought they were joking because when I was in fifth grade, I held the record, which I believe still stands, for the most consecutive days locked in the closet of the fifth grade classroom. (laughs) And I'm going to say that even though I would not suggest it as a discipline method anymore, I, my fifth and sixth, my fourth and fifth grade teacher is at home with the Lord now, so he's dead. But if he was still alive, I would tell him, I'm sorry <laughs> that I was, I just, my, one of my gifts is my biggest weakness. I can't shut my mouth. <laughs> and, and so it would be like, Dan, I've had enough in the closet and everyone again. <laughs> and yet by the time I got to seventh grade, I had a principal who said, Dan, I think that could be taken in a positive direction. But it still took me 12 years, 12 years to develop that ability, 12 years of experience, 12 years of making sure my heart was in the right place before I I even got to a church. And now it's been 25 years of being in the ministry And I feel like I'm just starting to be able to figure it out. And so as you look at this and as you think about your shape, that that sometimes what you need to do to the person next to you is give them the encouragement. I think I could see you doing that. And maybe they might be wrong, maybe, maybe right, I don't know. But as you look at this to develop your shape and, and to continue to look at this and ask the question, where is God giving me grace? that I can show to another. Verse seven, the next one, 1 Corinthians 12, seven says, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit. The manifestation of the spirit literally means to each person, the way the Holy Spirit shows himself to other people is given for the common good. And so this crazy thing happens in the church and that is the unique shape that you have and the way God has made you lets others see in a physical way what God is like. One of the things that we do as a staff is we, we do something called Strengths Finders. And, and it's something that if you go to the 301 class, the Finding Your Shape, that we're going to encourage you to do is to take Strengths Finders. And there are 34 strengths that Strengths Finder has identified. And what they encourage you to do is find your top five strengths and to work in a way that you are using those strengths, that you're working from a, a position of strength in your life. So instead of, of looking at the things that you are quote unquote not good at, that you start to look at the things you are good at and, and you're put in a place to do that. But here's the part of this that I think is is so cool, and that is, of all those 34 strengths, sometimes people will say, I wish I had this one and this one and this one. If I got to choose my strengths, these are the best five to have. And and that doesn't exist. That's a myth. That all of them, all 34, no matter what grouping they come in, are all a blessing. All of them are part of your shape and your uniqueness. 
But what I would say even more is all those 34 strengths, when exhibited perfectly, show us even what God is like. A manifestation of the Spirit, the way the Holy Spirit shows himself is in you using your spiritual abilities. You being enabled by the Spirit to use the gifts that God has given you to show grace to another person as though they are the only one who is there. I don't know if that sounds exciting to you, but it blows me away. It really does. And it makes me, it makes me also think about what we're missing at Crosswalk by virtue of you being an individual who's not using your shape to show people God in that way. That maybe we have a too much, what can happen is it too much we think that God is like Pastor Jeff or like Pastor Dan because that's what we get to see every week. But the reality of it is, is that as we look at all the differences of the people that are here, that we begin to see God at work showing that love to someone as though they're the only ones and God wanting to show that same love to you. In the blank, you can write, my Christian path takes me from being a consumer to a contributor to an owner. From a consumer to a contributor to an owner. Today out on the the patio, there's going to be a fair, a volunteer fair. And as you go there, one of the reasons well, as you go there today, some of you are going to go as a consumer. That you are going to go there and you are going to look at all of the things that we do at Crosswalk and how you are served through them. And if that's the case, that's okay. The, the way that I would describe it maybe as you go and look at that fair, it would be like if I went out there and there were people who were in the military who, who had set up booths. And so what I would do with each booth is I would go to each booth and say, thank you for your service. Thank you for, for the work that you do that I benefit from. Um, I'm not going to join the military anytime soon and it probably wouldn't take me, but I will try to be a good American and support you as best I can. So that's, that's, and that's what you're gonna do today and that's okay. But for some of you, you are ready to go from being a consumer to a contributor that you say, you know what, I've been coming to Crosswalk for, for maybe two weeks, maybe two months, maybe two years, and, and you're saying, I, I've been on the sidelines, and Pastor Dan's incredible message today made me realize that I have a unique shape that Crosswalk is missing that is going to allow us to serve more people, and God's grace is going to be seen in, in everyone's lives. And if you feel that way, tell them when you're going there, yeah, I'm ready I'm ready to be a contributor. How do I start to get involved? And then what happens is you become an owner. And right now, I don't know if the the people who are going to be there today, the team leaders, do we have any team leaders who are here? If you are here, I'm sorry, I'm gonna make you stand up. Stand up if you are a team leader here at Crosswalk. All right. These are, these are the people who are owning ministry. These are the people that when we have a Sunday like this, what we're saying is, how about if you guys do more work and, and set up something on the patio and things like that with the possibility that people might be interested in helping you? And you know what they say? Yeah, 
Sounds great, great plan, let's do it. Being an owner, saying, you know what, this great mission that God has given us is, is I wanna be part of this. The beauty of this is no matter where you're at, consumer, contributor, or owner, there is a place for you here at Crosswalk. We continue with our last. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. That as we look at service, I think it's important to to understand that God does not need this from you that the world is not going to fall apart. God is not going to fall apart. So this is not God painting you into a corner and saying, you have to do this. But this is grace. This is truly grace. This is the same way that, that I would work with my children as they were growing up, teaching them to be an adult. And so when we would go out and we would do some yard work, I okay, you pull the wagon. And, and, I, and I bring it with them. It probably took longer having them help me than it would have if I did it by myself. But that wouldn't have accomplished what I, what I was trying to do, and that is to grow them up so that, so that they could become mature, that they could begin to understand this, and that they could be contributors in this society, and ultimately one day, as they became adults, that they would be owners as well, that they would look at their lives and say, this is how I do this, this is how I treat people, this is how I take care of things. It's part of teaching you. And the same is true with the Lord. That as you look at this service that you're being asked to consider today, don't think gifts, think grace. Think grace. What a grace that God has given me. That, that he, he treats me as though I'm the only one. And he gives me opportunities to grow and serve and to show that same type of love to others. He has entrusted you possibly with the most important thing that he can entrust you with, and that is loving those around you. He's given you that grace. The final fill-in you can write is, I don't have to serve. I don't have to serve. I get to serve. To have that type of an attitude. And as I look at this, is God uses work to get people done that this is how grace continues to work inside of you as the grace is shown by God, that part of this work is then grace being shown through you to others. And as you do that, it's the way we grow closer and closer to God and he entrusts us with this very important work. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, you have shown us grace on top of grace. I think of the song Reckless Love where, that, where you leave the 99 and go to one of the lost sheep. Lord, each one of those lost sheep is us, that we're the ones, we, we are the ones. And it's no wonder that we feel like we are your favorite, that you would come to us, that you would knock down doors, that you would knock down the, the doors of our heart, that you would push aside sin, that you would pay for sin just to have a relationship with us. And that is exactly what you've done for every individual in this room. And, and so, Lord, thank you for making us feel as though we are the only one. But Lord, we're not. We are not the only ones. There are, there are people here also today who need to be shown grace and they need to be shown the special attention and they need to hear it and see it from me. 
They need to, to see it from, from each person here as well. Help us be instruments of your grace. Help us to, to make a, a difference as we discover the grace and shape that you have given us and put it into practice in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Your job right now, all of our next step is to walk out of here onto the patio and, and especially today, my encouragement for you would be to find out where your heart is to, to, and see if there's out there. There's a, a number of different booths you can see of, of ways you can serve. And if it's not there, then, you, then we need to begin a conversation about where your heart is and how we can follow that for other ministry that we might not be doing at this moment. But again, it's about the shape and, and it's about God's love and the grace that he has given you. Please continue to discover it. And as you go, go with his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.